Off the ball. GAA. Finals are for winning, obviously. But players need to be able to enjoy it afterwards and relax after it and not have it in their head. Oh, we've got a game in three days' time. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Katie McCabe, a huge, huge goal. I'm very proud of the team's performance. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. A very tired Cathy McNamee coming to you bright and early this morning to look back on what was... Not exactly the game that we were all hoping for last night in Tala as Ireland fell to two goals in the first 20-odd minutes. Two Wales finished 2-0 on the night and possibly one of the worst performances we've seen out of this team in a very, very long time. Joining me to look back on last night is also a very tired Karen Duggan. So if we if we slip up at all, we apologise. I personally had about five hours sleep. So <laughs> Karen, how are you? <laughs> Not only am I tired, I'm cranky after watching that performance. So That's the thing. If we'd absolutely walloped, though, I wouldn't mind too much getting up this morning. But it felt especially painful having to get up after watching that display. Um, I know you were doing comms last night for the game, but having had the opportunity to sleep on it, has your mind changed any more about how awful a display it was? No, um, I think we have to be honest and, and look at it for what it was. Um, and I wouldn't be going too far inwards on Eileen or selections and stuff like that. All of the players on the pitch have certain responsibilities. And from the outset, I just felt that it was sloppy. Um, we played risky passes into congested areas and Wales were better than we expected. And I think... Um, we were taken aback a little bit by that. I think we expected to go out and dominate possession and there was too many individual mistakes and that's kind of something you need to look inwardly at as a player. Um, everyone really uh, thought if you're looking at good performances, they're few and far between. I think Jessu over the course of the two games, it's been really bright to see her back. Um, I think a Little John yesterday getting through 90 minutes after looked like she really hurt herself and her Achilles um, in the Italy game. I thought in the first half, she was one of the only people who seemed to bring energy to the press, but she was kind of left isolated in that a little bit. Um, so I fell for a little bit in that regard. Yeah, it was interesting. Last night, I just put out a tweet saying that we were recording at 7am this morning if anyone had any questions or anything that they wanted us to discuss. And a lot of people pointed out Rusha and her performance and how well she performed. Um, I was speaking to her post-match. I know you were as well. Some of that stuff's embargoed over the next couple of days. But to give you all a sneak peek, no one tell the FAI. Um she she was quite reflective after the game compared to how Rusha normally is. You know, mm-hmm. there's a bit of banter with her. There, you know, she's kind of talking about different elements of the game where she can kind of pull a bit of a joke out of it. But there wasn't really the opportunity to do that from last night because the performances were so bad. Also, found it talking to Eileen Gleason without even being asked about the formation, that was one of the first things that she pulled out. She said, I don't think it was selection necessarily. I don't think it was formation. Yes, those things affect us because we're missing senior players or 
Nifahi having to pull out at the very, very last minute after putting in a player of the match performance on Friday. It's always going to throw things a little bit, but she was very keen to pick out the the small things, you know, the ball handling mistakes, the passes going awry, the fact that no one could get any clear ball at any stage, which was a thing I really noticed, especially in that first 20 minutes, half an hour. Just how disjointed we looked. We looked like we hadn't ever kicked a ball together. And it's not like there were that many new faces on the team that it should look like that. No, um, when we had the ball, it looked like the the pitch was... 10 square meters, like it was, it was tiny. Um, it, Wales just, just, just pressed us and, and we just didn't deal with it very well. Um, and it's hard to know where that comes from. I think that we weren't assured at the back. I think we were a lot more patient against Italy and we, we drew Italy out a little bit more and it allowed midfield a little bit more space. Um, and yeah, and obviously, when you lose Nifahi and you don't have Denise and Louise started on the bench, um, Rusha is kind of, you're looking at Rusha as kind of the senior player there and she's up in the 10. It's hard for her to kind of dictate the pace of play from the back. So you needed someone to take control of that back there. And unfortunately, no one did. Usually we'd expect it to be Katie, but she looked a little bit off it. Um, over the course of the two games, I have to say, I think... You'd forgive her a little bit, having come from sold out Emirates and a really stressful part of the season. Obviously, we talk about where Arsenal are in that title race an awful lot. And Katie's been so consistently featured in that team. She's such a mainstay um, that coming, it is coming down a certain level. So she's coming down a certain level um, and it can be hard to adapt. But we kind of expect to see more from her. I wonder, is part of that missing having someone like Denise on the pitch where even... Share the burden a little bit. Yeah. Of leadership, not even just of talent, because we have plenty of talented people on the pitch, I think, in terms of sharing the burden of um, setting a tone. Yeah. Definitely. And also, whenever you watch the two of them on the pitch, they're not the sort of players that traditionally stay completely in their lane when it comes to their position. So if they need to run out of position to help get a ball back or help with the press, yeah. they'll do it. Whereas it's a lot harder for Katie to do that when she is by herself. She definitely looked a lot like very frustrated out on the pitch last night. Yeah. And like, I suppose there was changes as well. And it's, you have to form partnerships when you're playing in the, Four five one, you know, you're you're working with the winger and you're working with the the inside midfielder and your centre back, and they were all changed, I guess. So it was new. So maybe she felt that she had to restrict her game a little bit in order to help the players around her through the game. Um, but I think the frustration filtered through the team. We didn't have space. We didn't have any space or ideas, and maybe we just kind of became more and more conservative and they were able to really pick off passes in kind of the, the middle third of the pitch. Um, I thought we made Sophie Ingle look like an absolute superstar last night. I thought she always looked like she had space and she was calm on the ball and she was able to spray it. And obviously she's a quality player, but I gave her an awful lot of respect and I don't think you can do that. And we couldn't lay a finger on Jess Fishlock, who I was really, really impressed with. I mean, you talk, we talk about Nifahi's age and people ask about her, but Fishlock was 37 and for me, she was the best player on the pitch. She was 
so good. And I think you definitely saw the, it's something I chatted to Denise about on Monday, but the level of preparation that you put into just even physically to play mm-hmm. an NWSL game in terms of the amount of running you have to do compared to maybe a WSL team. You definitely saw that stand to a player like Fishlock. She was totally not off the pace at any point. Got her goal, was arguably in the right place. Someone should have been on her. She shouldn't have been left open like that. After was, yeah, I just found that she was able to play with freedom and she was able to move from the left and drift inwards and we'd love to be able to have left Katie to do that and we just couldn't um we couldn't release her from her position in any way to get her um further up the pitch to, to cause trouble. Um she had some nice combinations with Rusha and Leanne briefly in the first half. But um yeah, we would love to have seen us play with the freedom that we that Wales were allowed to to let their their best player free. Um, I also thought that Hughes up top was bullying us every time really? she ran at our centre backs. It, it looked like they were they were in trouble. Um, and again, it was a new centre back pairing, but yeah, it was it was definitely something to look at. And we exposed a few weaknesses that um, it's good for us because it gives us time to work on them. But also going into League A, I think that. Um. Yeah, it just ex- exposed certain areas that, if we are short a player or two from the squad, um, could be a little bit of concern. We're not used to seeing us be as shaky at the back. Um, so hopefully it was a one-off. Like we can't say that this has been a pattern, but there was certainly, um, a lot of red flags on show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're to look at the players, I suppose that hopefully will be coming back. You have Bifahi, Louise Quinn will hopefully be fit and have a bit more game time under her belt. Like that's the first minute she's played since the end of January, mm-hmm. and she automatically made an impact. There was a, yeah. it really seemed like in the first half in particular that Wales were targeting those balls into the box, which isn't something that we would normally see with teams against Ireland because we know we have that aerial height and that we are able to defend, whereas we just seem to fall apart a little bit. Kind of expected a bit more of Caitlin Hayes in that situation because she was quite good in those games that we played um, before Christmas. So yeah, she'll hopefully come back, me fans. Mm-hmm be fit then Eva Mannion still has to come back in if she can get a run of form that would be really positive Farley Denise O'Sullivan all those players hopefully should bring a yeah and we haven't really spoken about the fact that we're missing Sinead Farley and I think that she's would be perfect for that 10 position and drop mm-hmm. Rusha back into the eight because they're both very game intelligent players and they'll know how to fill the spaces and then you've got Denise who can do box to box as well um, so I think just as good as all of the young players did um, at international level a lot of it is to do with how you can create space for your best players and those players are intelligent enough to do that to bring in our Katie's and, and Heather's more into the game Mm. If you were to pick one area of particular concern, would it be that back line if we are missing the likes of Louise and Neve? I It's hard to say it's a full area of concern because it, it really did mm-hmm. feel like a one-off that we 
we're so overrun in that area and we looked like we could concede every time they came forward. Um, but that comes from the, the players in front of them as well and, and the spaces that just, I think we got shaky, we retreated back and then instead of people taking responsibility for players, we were caught ball watching a little bit. So it was just something that filtered through the team. It affected far too many players. Um, and again, I think there's a lot of reflection for the players to do on their performance. Obviously, knowing Eileen, she will mull over this and watch it over and over again and, and pick out various areas that you know will be addressed in camp. But there's only a certain amount of contact time that you have there. So, you know, it could be a confidence thing. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how the next thing goes and hope that it's it's not a feature. Um, obviously we got a little bit rose tinted in League B looking at us dominating all those teams um, and Wales were a very good side I think they really took mm-hmm. us by surprise um, but Eileen spoke about it after the game as well if you look at yeah maybe they're ranked below us now because we got to the World Cup but if you look at the profile of the players on their team a lot of the profile is as good if not higher across the board than than what we have Um and a lot of game time in those likes as well. So um, I think we underestimated them a little bit. Emma Carroll was saying the same thing. She was like the one person consistently last week who was like, I don't think people realise what they're we're going into with this game um, and that we should be really careful that it doesn't end up being a bit of a hammering. So I don't think she wanted to be right, but I will give her her credit where she, she was right. She it was a hammering, I think. I think 2-0 was as good as we were going to get away with as much as Caitlin had a, a ball cleared off the line by Rusha and had another uh, chance in the second half. I felt that some of the openings that um, Wales created were really good if they just gotten their final pass right. Um, so really positive night for Wales from their perspective. They'll be going into League B hoping to dominate again. But that was the annoying thing watching it because they were playing the way... I expected us to play in that I wasn't totally sure where those goals were going to come from because of how we played on Friday and the fact that we were changing things up quite a lot in the forward line. And I expected us to be more physical, to be pressing, to do all the stuff we normally would do and then maybe see if we could improve a little bit in that mm. final third. The the energy wasn't focused. The, the energy made that we brought to the game was chaotic energy as opposed to you know bringing that kind of fire and and directness to our play um so that's something that again that needs to be managed because like we're fit we're definitely a fit team I I was really impressed by Jess Sue's engine how Rusha got through the game um it wasn't a, a fitness thing the energy was there it was just channeled in a way that we haven't seen us um be in a very long time we usually are a lot more yeah even defensively when we're under pressure we're composed in that we know when to slow the game down uh know when to speed it up and we just let Wales dictate the tempo completely I am quite excited if I was to take any of the positives that are possibly going from last night to see if Jessu and Heather Payne can develop a bit more of a relationship and understanding of each other. Because there was a couple of small moments where 
one or the other would dispossess a Welsh player of the ball and they were getting a nice one too going and then it would just it would either one of them would try to pass it off to someone else or their pass to the other just wouldn't work and we would lose the ball. But I do think that could be just even in terms of speed alone between the two yeah. of them, that could be a really interesting threat from us and also take some of the pressure off the other wing, which is obviously yes. the one that the focus is normally on. Yeah, and you know, it's been a while since we've had the amount of people who are natural ball carriers on the pitch and who are willing to stand up a defender and go at them. And and Jesu did that really well. And that allows the extra few seconds that Heather might need to get into support and um, the play and obviously, yeah, the final ball mightn't have been there, but there were definitely glimpses that that could work. And even if we do revert back and Heather becomes a fullback, I think that Jess Sue, even when she went into the pocket, um, she was a really good option there. And I think she has enough understanding of the game that when Heather comes in, she knows to create the space outside and things like that. So I would be excited to see that. Um, I think the mark that Jesu made having come back from such a long injury was really good. I think it shows her maturity as a player. Um, and obviously the fact that she's getting in on that West Ham team, which has improved significantly in the, in, since the transfer window, it's a credit to her. And Heather has been a mainstay in the, the Everton team. And I think that shows, but it will take time to develop these things. But unfortunately, time's not now on our side. <laughs> No, but, um, you know, again, that's a challenge for, for Eileen. Mm. Yeah, so that uh, qualifying draw is next week, March 5th. And then the friendlies, I think, are over like they start around the 9th of April, I think. Mm. And they're kind of that international week around there. So we'll get dates once we have a better idea of who we're actually playing and where we have to go. Hopefully somewhere sunnier and less rainy than it was. I wouldn't fancy a trip to Spain, though, looking at last night. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> Although, uh, yeah, I was going to say we if we can hold Italy and they did also beat them, but then they also got trashed by England. Yes, yeah. what was it, 5-1 or something? The 5-1. final score? Yeah. Yeah. We tired them out, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was all us. It was all us. Uh, it will be really interesting to see. I don't really know out of any of those top teams who I would be most likely to face. I think we do well against, you, you know, the more direct, yeah. Your, yeah. your Norways and your Swedens and teams like that, the teams that rely a lot more on physicality and, you know, they're, they're, we can stand up to that and we know how to stand up to that. We might not know how to score against it, but we definitely know how to stand up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we will see ourselves go back to a lot of the features that made us strong and got us to the World Cup. And I don't think there's any harm in that. I think that Eileen has to try stuff to bring us to the next level. Um, so there might be some results in there that, you know, we're watching behind our hands, but unfortunately that's just part of the process if we want to develop as a nation. I was saying to someone last night at the game that I would love to see Bob Mashey turn up to the Aviva big sellout crowd. I, was, I don't really want to see the match. She could just like kick a ball around for 90 minutes. and we 100%. I'll, I'll pay good money for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be, it would be pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, I would be a little bit scared as well when you look at what the Wales midfield did to us last night. If you, if you added Bob Mashey into the mix there, it could be... If you added any of the Spanish players, yeah. it would be very, very disastrous. So how do we look back on this international window? I think Leeson's 100% record is gone. Last night was a mess by all accounts. Italy game, 
I thought was quite positive. You know, I thought we were quite mature on the ball. As you said, we were patient. We broke them down. We didn't really show that we were going to score too many opportunities. No, but but for me, Italy are one of those technical teams that in the past we, yeah, we've done well against them in terms of results. But given the development that they've had, I thought that we might struggle with their technicality a bit and we didn't at all. Um, But then we came up against Wales who... You know, they were just so assured in their passing and understood how to create space for each other and where their strengths lay and taught us a bit of a lesson in that regard. Um, so, yeah, a very mixed bag, I would say. Um, no one that we can put in assured performances, but also knowing that we have that, uh, I would call it just a, Mental weakness, and like, there's there's obviously a, a weakness there that we just couldn't get a grip on the game at all. So you have to look at things like players' calmness, players' confidence, players' leadership ability. These are not things you want to be calling into question. You want to be just working on tactics on the pitch. But yesterday's game, I I couldn't put it down to tactics. It was very, it was just too much individual errors and not being able to recover from that and and play our way into the game in any way. Mm. Yeah. It, I wish. But it's not all that. <laughs> not all it's that. not all that. It's all that. There was a great moment, because um, where the news talk commentary is, is right in front of where Ortiz does their commentary. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I get to see bits and pieces of what they're showing on the television. And there was a great moment where Eileen Gleason was explaining something to Emma Byrne. And whatever Emma Byrne saw on the pitch, she did not like. And she her face was like thunder. And I thought she was about to run on. And then she gave the most brilliant eye roll at what she had just seen as well. <laughs> and I just thought of all the time. I'd, you know, here. I'd say that's hard for Emma as well. I'd say, you know, she's well used to when she was on the pitch, she'd, she'd let her feelings be known. And to be honest, we could have done with that a little bit of that yesterday. And we chatted to Rusha a little bit. Obviously, there's a lot of young players there and you don't want to be giving each other a rollicking. Whereas, you know, sometimes when you have more senior players on the pitch, you can go at each other a little bit and it can rile each other up like we used to do a little bit. And it was no problem because we knew after the match it wouldn't be an issue. But you have to be conscious of the players that are around you as well and give them time to, you know, become comfortable again in that international environment. And again, that will come in time. But there is a time and a place for that. And if mm-hmm. Emma wants to let loose at them, I think she should. And I think mm-hmm. if senior players want to do that as well, that that's international level. Something needed to be said anyway. I was surprised that there wasn't more talking going on in the pitch. They tried to pull it together, but then you saw Katie getting frustrated. And when that happens, you're worried about the, the implications. So I'd say she held her tongue a little bit as well. And um, again, just being considerate of the amount of young players or the players coming back in who hadn't been around for a while. Yeah, even though they were possibly some of the best performances that we had in like the likes yep. of Shetu. Uh We got to see Emily Murphy for the first time ever on a pitch for Ireland. What were your initial thoughts? I know she didn't get a whole lot of time, but... Yeah, uh, to be honest, it was it was really hard to, to tell. Um, she looked like a very willing runner. She looked like she brought a lot of strength to it. Um, similarly, I thought when Caruso comes on, she offers that as well. So mm. look, it is good to have options. It was hard to tell because the balls into her weren't fantastic. 
but it was good to see that, you know, she seemed confident when she came on, which, you know, is, is half the battle um, for a young player. But yeah, we'll we'll have to reserve judgment. But obviously, congrats to her on making her senior international debut. It's a special night for anyone. It was difficult circumstances for her, but hopefully it's the start of something new. But I would be just putting a pin in it for now until we see a little bit more. That's very fair. And there is a, a lot more to come, hopefully, from her and other young players in the squad. If you were to pick at a kind of ideal couple of teams that you would like to get in this draw on March 5th, I know we said a Germany, a Sweden in terms of the upper tier, but we're probably going to have a team or two that are very much along the same level as Wales as well, mm. the likes of your Belgiums and stuff. Are we... I don't know, it's hard because I feel like we got to a stage where we were vaguely comfortable. And even when we were at the World Cup, I know the results didn't go our way, but the performances by and large were good. Whereas this, because we haven't, this is the first time that we faced maybe higher opposition compared to some of the ones that we were facing in the Nations League. It throws a spanner in what our impression of the team is quite a bit. Well, I think it throws a spanner in any, it, well, it tempers expectations a little bit in how we will approach the League A games. I think that we have to approach them again as if we are the underdogs because we do have so much work to do to get up to their level technically. Um, so it's going to be a lot of back to basics in terms of who we'd like to play against. I'm a little, I'll be a little bit nervous about Belgium just because of how well they did. That England game, it, it sticks with me a little bit, how good they were in, in that game and obviously how good England are. But yeah, I guess you'd be looking at, if you're looking at the upper teams, the likes of, oh God, it's hard, it's hard after looking at the performance last night not to be a little bit scared going into it. But I guess, yeah, I guess like your, your Germany, even though traditionally they've always beaten us, but it'd be, a, a great challenge and a team that I think we never felt we let ourselves down against, even though we have lost against them because we know what to expect against them. Norway, I, I guess, a similar kind of both big, strong team that we know we can stand up to. Who else is? They're also um, sometimes a bit of a basket case, so you never know what we might get lucky. Yeah, we love that. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> love having that to talk about on the podcast as well. Yeah. So something like that would be fantastic. Never and I guess we've shown ourselves against Hansen looking yeah. like he was in a hostage video when she had to make that yeah. apology. <laughs> that was yeah, that was good stuff to be fair. More of that. So any team who's in turmoil would will take a bit of that. <laughs> well, we're all perfectly calm. Um... Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting chatting to Jessu last night. She mentioned when she she was talking about what went wrong, she said that she thought that we aligned well with Italy because the formations were really similar, but because the formation was slightly different against Wales, they didn't really know what to do on the pitch. And I was like, that's a tiny bit worrying in that surely there's conversations going on of these are the potential because the lineup wasn't all that different from the Welsh side as to how yeah, they Yeah, I think that that was maybe just a line that you say after the match to kind of make yourself feel a little bit better because what was Wales's formation last night pretty much matched us except they played it 1-6 and mm. we played 2 and I felt that we struggled to get that right that we needed to get 
extra help from a winger in the odd time um, and we needed to maybe step on a little bit either Megan or um, Jesse Stapleton who again I thought they both in patches did really really well so it's hard to like pinpoint players and say that such and such had a shocker that it was just we were off it you know yeah. we were just always off it so and I, I no think that was a small that was a small thing Um not being able to deal with them overloading the midfield. And that should be something we should be able to deal with on the pitch because you always know that, you you know, you get your winger in, you get your 10 back when you need to, and then you get possession and you slow it down and you get back into shape. Um, but it was just the, the chaotic energy just seemed to override any one's football logic for the definitely 45 minutes Um, anyway. So... Yeah. yeah, there's no one I would pull out in that team individually and say... Oh, they're getting dropped the next day or anything like that. No, absolutely no, it not. It was very just... much a collective. You're actually... The only people you can pull out are the ones who vaguely impressed. Well. Yeah, yeah, and had moments like the likes of Jessu. Um, and if she wants to keep doing that and maybe, I don't know, give some of it to all the other players ahead of the day because <laughs> we won't mind too much. Karen... Thank you very much for getting up early to relive the trauma that was last night with me. Uh, yeah, no. don't make me do this again. Yeah. You well, or Ireland. Not, yeah, it's not up to me. It's up to Ireland. Uh, hopefully we will get a nice draw in the Nations League. Um, Whatever a nice draw in the league looks yeah. like. Yeah, let's hope for that. I'm not sure there's such a thing, but we'll no, see. I'm It'll be interesting. Sure. I'm excited to see who we get. But I need something to hold on to until then. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you all for the interaction last night during the game as well. It was very nice to be chatting away to some of you during the game about what was happening and how disappointed you were. If you ever want to get us, you can get us on Twitter at the Koi Gig Pod. The Koi Gig Podcast is sponsored by Cabri, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. We will be back next week because we have lots of WSL action over the weekend. A nice little North London derby for us to sink our teeth in. Uh, For any of you Arsenal fans that may be panicking about the fact that Katie came off She's fine, according to Dining Beast, and she just felt a bit of tightness in her quad and they took her off as a precaution. So likely see her at the weekend. But for now, we will say goodbye. We hope you're all not too traumatized by last night. And hopefully there's more good times to come for Eileen Gleason and her squad. Thanks for listening. The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. 